before the show goes any further, we should say the next segment uh, does talk about uh, adult intimacy topics. It hand, it's all handled, though, in a very tasteful way, we should say. We understand that some of you are not interested in hearing about this. So what we're going to do is whenever we talk about the specific thing we're talking about, we're going to dub over the phrase playing basketball. So again, instead of talking about adults uh, having adult relationships, what you'll hear is playing basketball. But if you have a problem with people playing basketball, you should probably just skip the whole next 15 minutes. Hey, Claire, what can we help you with? Well, um, my neighbors have a very loud, athletic, frequent, engaged... Basketball playing. Um... Hmm. Which occurs right next to my condo. We share a wall. And so there's kind of no way that I can deal with it without them knowing that it's me because there's no one else that shares a wall with them. What what no. wall of your condo is this affecting? What room is that? It's, well, it's a combined room. It's my bedroom. Oh. It's a one-bedroom condo. But then I have the other half of it as a like a meditation wow. shrine room. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's an interesting aspect. How does it affect meditation when you hear the basketball? Well, you know, there's always something to distract you. Meditation. I've been doing it for many years, so it's either external and or internal. So I don't know. At first it was a bit jarring, but then I thought, well, bring it to the path, you know. Ah. This is a, this is a real challenge because it's a case of someone's private life invading your private life. I mean, in the abstract, you could even admire them. <laughs> They're highly athletic people. That explains the basketball. I can tell you what I've tried. So one time when they were... Playing basketball. I started singing a song pretty what? loud. What song? Because I thought, well, I, th- it been, um, I think it was a medley of Adele singing Hello and Missy Elliott singing Work It, which is probably like a <laughs> bad idea because that <laughs> might inspire further activity. But... Um, I sang it pretty loud because I thought, well, if they know that they can hear me, then, mm-hmm. you know. All right, Claire, we're going we're gonna to see what we can do. Okay, thank you. Okay, I hope that the time between now and, and when we solve your problem is peaceful. It won't be, but thank you. Yeah. Now, there are a couple ways to uh, address this problem. We're going to give Claire a couple options. First up, we're going to talk to Tupton Jinpa. He's a former Buddhist monk and is currently the translator for the Dalai Lama. He's an expert in meditation. So, Jinpa, you heard about Claire's situation. What do you think? Well, I don't really know what to say. Um, this is a very tricky situation. Um, yes. Sure. Because noise is very, dis- particularly when you're meditating, noise is very distracting. Yeah, and particularly noise of that nature, which has very strong emotive kind of content, um, and trying to ex- ex- exert your will to try to kind of you know shut it out is 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 quite a challenge unless you are quite advanced meditator. I mean, you 
those who are quite advanced, then they are able to completely switch off the outside world. Is that right? It is possible. Occasionally, even, you know, kind of novice meditators can evoke that sense of silence. Wow. Because what happens is that you disengage from your, you know, visual and auditory experience. This can happen, and this need not necessarily be just for advanced meditators. I mean, you know, Anybody can try it out, you know, mm-hmm. just for fun. <laughs> Jimpa, do you think uh, it would be worth it for Claire to just go and, and bang her fist against the wall when this happens? At some point, I think, you know, it would be worth considering for Claire to, you know, I mean, the first time you approach it, probably it's a good idea to just drop a piece of paper saying, would you mind, just, you know, in a polite way. And then if it doesn't work, then once in a while you bang the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing is, for example, you know, when you first hear it, you you don't suppress it. You don't shut it out. You simply kind of, you know, observe it and then just let go and observe it, let go. And then at some point, you know, the mind will move from the senses to the kind of deeper inner level. Could it be that this challenge, this hardship that she's facing... Um, could be something that ultimately makes her a better meditator because it's something she has to sink into the background. Well, definitely, if she wants to take that challenge on, yes. <laughs> Initially, it would be tough. but uh, And also, uh, you know, maybe a fair bit of empathy and compassion for the other people might also help because, you know, clearly they're enjoying. They have a very good sexual relationship and... Um, so uh, to kind of to, in some sense, you know, what the Buddhists call sympathetic joy, you know. <laughs> ah, okay. That might also help because it's often your own attitude, you know, when you're annoyed and irritated, that affects your mood, which then affects your concentration and colors everything. You, you said sympathetic joy. Can you talk more about what that means? Joy is taking uh, joy in other people's good fortune and you know, joy and success and so on. So normally, it's the opposite of jealousy. It's the opposite of envy, yeah. What do you think will happen first, Jimpa? Claire will become a strong enough meditator to block out the sound, or her neighbors will just get tired of each other? Well, I think it depends. <laughs> depends. I think at some point, you know, um, hopefully things will settle down in a more calm uh, state. Um that's difficult to say. I think Claire, you know, regardless of whether or not the neighbors will calm down or, or not, if she's willing to use that experience as an opportunity, you know, the, the, the situation is, the opportunity is there. Well, Jimpa, it's, uh, it's always such a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a <laughs> very intriguing question. <laughs> Good, <laughs> intriguing problem as well, yeah. There, there is another solution. What we need to do is we need to somehow discourage Claire's neighbors. And we have somebody special to help us with this, Kenny G. So Kenny G, we're going to help Claire deal with her neighbors. Oh, well, okay. That's what, we, that's what we're talking about? Yes. And so we thought, naturally, that maybe she could send some sound back to kill the mood. And since you are uh, a sort of specialist in making a romantic mood, we could sort of talk about how you do that and then figure out the opposite 
Oh my goodness. Okay. Well. Um, all right. Well, I'll just go with whatever whatever happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds very funny, guys. So I guess a good place to start would be. Why don't, uh, if you can articulate what makes a song, what makes one of your songs sexy? Well, I think, first of all, a saxophone is is always a great addition to a song to make it sexy. I mean, if, if if you had Metallica doing one of their songs and they called me up to do a sax solo, that song would now become romantic and sexy, the whole song. Really? You think? Oh, yeah. Has that ever happened? Um, No. Now... If you, you know, we want to get more specific, you put a soprano saxophone uh. and you put my soprano sax on a song, well, then that's all over. Wait, do you have your soprano sax right there? It's, well, it's, it's close by, but it's not in my hands at the moment. Could you go get it? Well, we'd have to put, you want, you want to pause the thing? Yeah, oh yeah. So you guys hold on for one second then. Let me go grab the horn. It'll take me maybe 30 seconds to get back to the phone. All right. Okay, hold on. You guys still there? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just getting the reed wet. Okay, let's see. Mm-hmm. So I already finished my three-hour practice session this morning. Do you practice three hours every day? Every day. Wow. Well, you know. Uh, let, let me just warm it up for a second. Sure. Okay, so it's it's ready, so we can we can continue. Is it? I wonder at this point if it's like this with everyone he talks to on the phone. Yeah. And you can get bluesy, you can get sexy, you can. It's playful. It's all the it's all the things that go along with uh, <laughs> intimacy. So could you, Kenny? Could you play uh, like silhouette, say, in a minor key? Would that make it unsexy? Well, if you play wrong notes, you, it could totally be unsexy. I mean, you can go, um, like this song. Okay, those are the right notes, but you can go. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound sexy. No, yeah, it no. doesn't. See, you know, so you can hit wrong notes. Um, I just prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What instrument would you consider to be the opposite of a saxophone? The opposite of a saxophone, let's see. So tuba comes to mind. Okay. Something you wouldn't use your breath on. You just have to hit with a with a mallet. I think, uh, you know, like a like a cowbell. I think that'd be pretty much the opposite of a saxophone. A nice cowbell. It's like I don't think you'd invite somebody over to your place and go, hey, sweetheart, you want to want to watch me play this cowbell for you and get you in the mood? I think that's going to work. Okay, so there you go. That feels like that's something concrete that Claire can do. Go out and get a cowbell. You know, I think if you if she goes out and gets a cowbell and starts hammering the crap out of that cowbell, that w- should kill the mood next door. Maybe back it up with a tuba. <laughs> yeah, like a like a like a march that you'd hear like a like a marching band on the field of a, of a football game with the tuba leaning, leading the melody and the cowbell making the beat of, the, of them marching. That sounds as unsexy as you can get to me. I, I think we've zeroed in on it. Well, I, ho- I hope we've helped her. I mean, I mean it's, uh, this, is, this is the first time I've been asked to, to like, be as not non-romantic as possible. It's, I mean, I guess it's, it's, the, it's the opposite of what, what you do. This is, this is way easier. Yeah. 
support for this podcast comes from Weebly. You don't have to be a web designer or no code to create a fantastic website with Weebly. It's created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. Choose from professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes, then simply drag and drop to quickly build and publish your site and update your site on any device. Get started for free at weebly.com slash everything. That's w-e-e-b-l-y dot com slash everything. Support also comes from Slendertone. Slendertone is offering the Slendertone Connect Abs, a virtual abdominal muscle toner. Slendertone, I'm not sure you've come to the right podcast. The Slendertone Connect Abs is designed to offer better compression and supplement your regular fitness routines. You can create your own profile to set goals and monitor daily progress in real time. How to Do Everything listeners can now receive 20% off all abdominal toners at checkout. Not that anyone in our audience needs to have their abdominals toned. Just go to slendertone.com and use promo code ABS. The things you don't have, <laughs> according to Slendertone. Okay, Tuba Dave has just walked in. He's in the four-star brass band here in Chicago. And I'm actually going to be playing the cowbell. All right, uh, so Claire, point your speakers at the neighbors. Yeah, so you just want like a, a bass line then, right? Whatever whatever yeah. you, what you know. All right, yeah. well, just a, a simple bass line. Actually, you know, the one thing that can make this even worse for for Claire's neighbors is us. What did you learn today, Mike? Well, I learned that the opposite of jealousy is sympathetic joy. Yeah, it's it makes a lot of sense. Like, rather than wanting what someone has, like, be, or being upset that you yeah. don't have what someone has, appreciating that they have that thing. Oh, you have a nicer car than me. I feel like sympathetic joy could all, that would also be um, kind of a bad nickname for somebody at work named Joy, mm-hmm. who was always like the one who got flowers for somebody when they were having a bad day. Oh, it takes the pressure off everybody else. Yeah, sympathetic joy will take care of that. Yeah, we did forget his birthday. We got to send sympathetic joy out to get a card. Hey, Joy. <laughs> All right, Mike. Tuba Dave, thanks for uh, hopefully ruining the romantic life of Claire's neighbors. Well, thank you. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Drew, shelling pinion nuts all week for us with a tiny hammer. It's uh, impossible. It's very hard work. But uh, Drew did it. It was great. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, the uh, this week's How to Do Everything Pesto was uh, mm. top-notch. Really good stuff. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And you can visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm unsympathetic, Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. This show may be over, but there's lots of other shows out there. For example, Alt Latino. It's NPR's music discovery podcast. 
Felix Contreras and Jasmine Gard are your guides to the world of Latino arts and culture. They'll bring you alternative approaches to traditional music, interviews with cultural icons like Rita Moreno and Carlos Santana. And uh, new people as well. Find Alt Latino at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app.